Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of All of the Above. Um, my name's Alina. And I'm Kat. And I think today's episode's supposed to be like an enlightenment, but it's a <laughs> creepy situation at the same time. <laughs> I'm scared, I'm scared. <laughs> Alright, um, so who wants to go first? I guess I can go first. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, no, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. Just I guess. Go. Yes. Yes, I I will go first. You know, thanks, thanks for humbly <laughs> taking my uh, existence into account. But yeah. obviously, you don't exist in this episode. It's just me. It's just you. It's a one man show. I am a one-woman show. I'm um, drinking coffee, so if y'all hear that, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sorry if I'm really loud, guys. I am trying to keep my mic, like, a thousand miles away from my face. But it's obviously not working. Yeah, that's a good mic. It can pick you up a thousand miles away. That is crazy. <laughs> yes. I only the best for my <laughs> voice. <laughs> only. Only the best. Okay, so... This... This episode, I will be talking about spirituality. Anyone would have guessed it. I am the bitch that's like, what's your zodiac sign? I'm sorry. I'm an Aries. It just, we just don't match well. Oh my god. No, but, um, and all all jokes aside, I do want to talk about spirituality and how it's made my life better. Not in any sense trying to make people kind of spirituality like a little cult but I do want to talk about what it's done to me and how happy it's made me and I think anything that makes you happy is worth uh, spreading around for someone else except diseases those are not worth spreading around guys I hate <laughs> so much. the coronavirus could have just been kept up just kidding um, I guess I'll start Spirituality and its definition was foreign to me. I always thought of it like some hippie, coked-out ideology that never really applied to me or the way I thought I wanted to live my life. It wasn't until I experienced some life events that totally devastated my being and my mental health that I turned to spirituality to better myself because I figured if I could tap into my inner self through spirituality, I could find a way to heal myself and love myself completely, which is something I've always wanted and craved. When I first began my journey, I felt like a stranger in my own body. It wasn't until I understood that devoting yourself to yourself, you, you are surrendering the control of your life, you think you are old. When I first began my journey, I felt like a stranger in my own body. It wasn't until I understood that with devoting yourself to yourself, you are surrendering the control of your life, you think you are old. So upon doing that, my true journey into bettering myself through spirituality began. But before I go into details, I want to say that I think a lot of people connect spirituality to an ideology that you're looking for external sources to create the happiness and fulfillment you yearn for. But that's the thing. Spirituality is like a bridge. However, the bridge is constantly changing its structure. So when you connect to your inner self, you form that not only your path of growth and change and transformation, you step into your own special and specifically crafted for you sense of enlightenment. And your life really does change for the better. Because the change comes from within. You are, now looking, you are no longer looking for validation from others 
because you learned that your own validation is the only one you should be seeking. I am happy once again, and in a way I wasn't before, because I never really put myself first. I never thought about doing things for my own happiness. And right now, in this moment, I feel hope and passion, and most of all, I feel peace. I'm in a state of mind in which I no longer hate myself for thinking. I do not think all the time. I just do. No knowledge, just vibes. <laughs> and I do what makes me happy. And it's all thanks to spirituality because I was able to connect with my inner self in a way I didn't before. I am healing myself from within, doing things my inner child never got to do because she was too busy seeking validation from broken parents that had generational trauma. But that's a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the craziest thing I learned when tapping into my spirituality was I needed to stop living in the past. I needed to learn that some people are paragraphs in my life and not chapters. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> I always held on to the version of a person gave me upon first ex- first impression, but never fe- failed to realize that just like me, they changed. They are capable of change. But I was so afraid of change that I stayed. Because change felt forced and foreign to me. And through spirituality, I learned that change is natural and to be expected. And sometimes the hardest thing to accept is that change leads to growth. And sometimes like a tree route, growth grows in different directions. So with spirituality, I have learned so many things about myself and those around me. And it has made me love some more than I thought I did. But it has also made me hate others and acknowledge that they only want my energy when it is beneficial to them. Because, (laughs) Because... through spirituality, I have learned I am so worthy of love, and it's time I stop wasting my love on those that would suck me dry but never offer water mm-hmm. in return to replenish me. And I am just so much happier. And I think a lot of people talk shit about spirituality because they're not really they're not ready for the level of exponential growth that will come daily, or the change is too forced, and you can't force someone to want to be better for themselves or for others. So. I have learned that not everyone is ready to talk about spirituality, but when it comes to me, I will always talk about how spirituality changed my life for the better and how it helped me tap in into my divine femity, divine feminine, where she is everything I have ever needed and more. Just a bad bitch being a bad bitch. So how how would you say or what are some differences that you can say that are pretty obvious or evident to you whenever I guess how or what are some differences before spirituality in your life and post spirituality in your life like what have you done differently with yourself um the main thing that I learned about um this like therapist that has her own little blog called tapping into spirituality a connection with your higher self Mm -hmm. and she has like a little step guide of like tips on how to get to your spiritual side and how to connect with your higher self and she said sit with yourself and ask yourself what is it that you've always wanted from people but never really got because what you've always wanted from people is essentially the things that you have to work on about yourself oh wow Exactly. And um, she also... I never knew that. Okay. So, I 
I've ever wanted since I was a little kid was I've wanted validation. And I can accept that I've wanted validation. I, I, I was literally about to say that. Like, I can sit here with myself and be like, I've always wanted validation from people because I always felt like I wasn't good enough. Same. But it wasn't the fact that I wasn't good enough. It's just I never taught myself how to feel like I was good enough. Mm-hmm. Because everyone always kind of told me, oh, you're too much, you're, you're doing this too much, you're frustrating, you're irritating, you're like, too much to handle. But it wasn't too expressed or overly expressed. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that I was trying to overpour myself, mm-hmm. it was just that their cup wasn't as big as mine. Of course. So, when I tapped into spirituality, I learned that the only validation I ever really needed was from myself so when um when I got into it and I actually sat down with myself and I was like I've always wanted validation from others but never really wanted it from myself and I thought that that was some there was something wrong with me or that I was a pick me (laughs) because I was like you know because like I wanted it so bad from others but I never yeah like I never I wanted someone to love me yeah and through spirituality, I learned that no one is going to have my own back like myself. True. No one is going to love me as much as I love myself. True. And no one is going to validate me as much as I validate myself. Period. So, <laughs> period. 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 Periodic table. Uh, that is an interesting segue. No, <laughs> no but like... That, that makes so much sense, and... I I never really thought myself as like a spiritual person like I'm not like a crystal bitch or like you know something like that but it's like I I would really like to learn more about that it's not that I don't learn about it because I'm not interested in it I just there's so much to learn and I don't Mm -hmm. even know where to begin I'm kind of, like, overwhelmed by, like, how much there is to learn. I don't really know where ground zero is. And so, um, uh, Jackie, my ex-snow lady, um, Mm. hopefully she's doing well. I I know she used to listen to us. Um, Jackie, if you're hearing this, I really hope everything's going well for you, and I love you, and I miss you. I hope your kids are fine. Um, she taught me a lot about, like, my birth chart and, like, my rising and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. and... She, she basically told me that it's like, I'm, I'm someone who is like constantly under watch and that I carry or absorb like people's energies. And I didn't know that. And Mm -hmm. so I, I would often like, I guess like in a sad situation or, or something like, let's say like I have a friend and like they're going through something and I'm with that specific person like all day Mm -hmm. and I tend to absorb like that sad energy Mm -hmm. and then the moment I would be by myself I'd have to break down and kind of like process my feelings because at the end of the day I'd be feeling the same way or like working retail you know like Mm -hmm. I'm a cashier back home so it's like I feel like I absorb a lot of like the people's like whether it's anger or happiness or you know something like that like I get home and sometimes like my energy is just like all the way off but I'm just like bitch pipe down like (laughs) I hate you (laughs) like I I I don't really know how to explain it but I I 
I feel like that finally gave me kind of like a, not a conclusion, but like an explanation to what I was feeling and like all of these emotions that Sorry. I was, no, 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 you're fine, that I wasn't really processing well. So I, I feel like I would like to learn more about that, more about myself, because I don't think I know a lot about myself as much as I think I do. And that's the crazy thing with like my journey specifically with a spirituality is like my journey can look very different from your journey and Mm -hmm. your journey can look very different from like Banchul's journey and like Marisa's journey like all these journeys they're all look different but at the same you but at the same time you will always get the same exact result and that is you're just much happier because you finally understand yourself in a way Mm -hmm. you can't expect anyone else to understand you yeah because no one's gonna know you better than you know yourself and And, yeah you were saying my bad no and you can like you can allow people to know you but they're never really gonna know the dark side they're not gonna know your intrusive thoughts they're not gonna know that you sit by yourself sometimes just wondering things you know True, true. and like you can't expect people to be okay with that and not everyone is okay with that i'm very okay with people showing me various layers of themselves because i've always wanted to learn people in a deeper sense Mm -hmm. um so like i don't expect you to want to know me that deeply but i do expect you to respect that i want to know myself that deeply and a lot of people don't understand that there's a difference. Like you don't have to want to live your way the way live your life the way that I live my life, mm-hmm. but you at least have to fucking respect the way that I live my life. Yeah, and I you think like it or not, you know. exactly. And I feel like uh, through a lot of um, spirit, like my spirituality in specific, my own is I've tapped into my bad bitch energy. <laughs> And I've realized that I didn't used to send, didn't used to set healthy boundaries for myself because I wasn't comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. But now it's like I am at the most comfortable with myself that I have ever been in my entire fucking life. And I know that there are things that I need to put like a wall up for. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Because I know that I am capable of tearing down my walls for a specific person. But it's like, if you're not bringing me happiness and all you're bringing me is pain and sadness and like literal fucking hatred to myself where I'm constantly sitting here asking myself if I'm good enough for you, it's like, no, (laughs) you're not good enough for me because you're making me feel this way. Yeah. And that's, that's your own self telling you like, hey, baby, they're not good for you. And I feel like people try to make you seem like the bad guy whenever, like, you try to finally take care of yourself and listen to, like, I guess your spiritual needs. Mm -hmm. Um, People find it bad that you're being selfish in a sense, but it's like, in reality, I'm only being selfish because at the end of the day, I'm harboring my feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm harboring, like, my self, (laughs) like self-control or like you know self-love and stuff like that and I feel like one thing that I have learned recently Mm -hmm. is how to come to terms with myself physically like I was like very like 
I just wasn't happy with the way I was, you know, and everything. And I mm-hmm. think, like, the way I have been, like, treating myself, I have really, you know, I've kind of, like, changed a lot of, like, my routines and, like, what I consider, like, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But whatever works for me doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Exactly. You know? And it's, like, a lot of, like, my mental state was that, I mean, it could be that I was only getting two or three hours of sleep a night. Um, <laughs> that could have also led to, like, my very bad, like, anxiety. And it's, like, I just, I, I had a lot of feelings, and I didn't know how to process them. Mm-hmm. And spiritually, I was very disconnected with myself. And I feel that I found comfort in being alone, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that I had to be alone. And exactly. that's, that's what I couldn't understand. And and I'm slowly learning how to ask for help because that is one thing that I realize that I can't do. Mm-hmm. I don't know when to ask for help. And when I do, I don't want to. I'm discouraged from it because I feel like, oh, someone's going to throw it back at me. Or, or, you know, just stuff like that. Because, because I, I, it all comes with the... Your, you're scared to be vulnerable with everyone else because you're not as vulnerable with yourself as you would like to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's also another thing that I learned. It's like, I was so scared to be vulnerable and I was so scared to cry in front of people and I was so scared to feel my feelings and talk my feelings out with people because I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I I am very good at moving on. I am extremely good at moving on. And I don't think a lot of people like the fact that I can be very good at moving on. And they'll try to make me feel bad for doing it. Or they'll mm-hmm. tell me that I'm being irrational or too extreme with my measures of moving on. But it's like, you're not going to tell me what's good for me. Because at the end of the day, I know what's good for me. And you put me through hell and back. And I still stayed. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't, day, you you don't have- get... Uh exactly like you don't get to dictate how i move on just because it doesn't benefit you anymore Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's this could be like another thing for like another day but it's like Mm -hmm. that could also tap into like why you have so much unsettlement within yourself like Mm -hmm. as like if you're someone who has like uh had like multiple like past relationships Mm-hmm. and you can't seem to not like why or like you still feel like resentment towards like others that those are just like unresolved feelings and it's it's just because i mean not unresolved like in a bad way or in a good way i don't really know you know this is just generalized or generalizing mm-hmm. it which probably isn't good but <laughs> you're just okay you just don't don't really know like you're not really in tune with yourself thus you don't really know like what your needs are mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i get that I, I feel like that's that's one thing that spirituality could really help me uh, mm-hmm. cover more like it's like i would like to know how to understand like my needs more so it's for example <laughs> instead of just like drinking caffeine like all day like hey take a fucking nap or like <laughs> <laughs> you know or, or something but yeah and like that's what I'm saying, like, your spiritual journey will be a lot different from my spiritual journey because my spiritual journey has been a lot of, like, me sitting with myself, me mm-hmm. asking myself, why am I feeling this way? And me 
me feeling my emotions to a whole much deeper level than I thought I was even capable of doing it. It's like, I'll be making a sandwich. A bitch just starts crying. And instead, of sit, and instead of sitting there, like, being mad because I'm crying, I ask myself, why are you crying? And then my, like, my inner self will, like, tell me why you're crying. And it's like, because I'm sad. And mm-hmm. because when you're sad, you want to cry. And it's a healthy thing to do. And it's like, when I was little, there's a lot of situations where I couldn't cry when I wanted to cry. And it's like yeah. my parents, my parents not saying that they're bad parents. It's just they had their own traumas and spirituality also helped me realize that. Mm-hmm. It's like they had their own problems that they didn't want to work through. So they put a lot of their feelings onto me. And it's like, they I'm getting to... Them. Exactly. And mm-hmm. now I'm getting to the point where it's like, I don't ever want my kids to feel the same walking on eggshells type of feel that I felt growing up. It's like, I... If I wanted to cry, I couldn't cry because I was too sensitive or I felt my emotions too loudly or I didn't do that to make you feel that way. It's like, no, you didn't do that to make me feel that way, but you still did it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of like, spirituality is a lot of like understanding not only yourself, but other people and how they are broken in themselves and how it's okay to hate them, but you can't despise them because at the end of the day they haven't taken the time to prepare themselves or to love themselves and the craziest thing craziest thing i ever learned through my spirituality journey was a person will only love you as much as they love themselves mm-hmm. and i think that's why i've always been too much for people because i love myself a lot Mm-hmm. And if I loved myself a lot when I hated myself, just imagine how much I love myself now that I truly love myself. Like, yeah. I've, I'm a bad bitch. And, I, and I'm not just saying that <laughs> because I'm... Energy. No, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a bad bitch. Like, I pay my own bills. I suffice myself. I cook for myself. Like, I am there for my friends, and my friends are there for me. Like, I may not know true love in the form of a fucking relationship, but I know it in the form of a friendship because I have people that tell me that they care about me and the impact that I've made in their lives. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can I not love myself when I have so many people around me that love me? So would you say that spirituality helped you learn that aspect of yourself of differentiating the types of love that there are or or what do you oh. think oh hell yeah yes because okay when i broke up with my ex um a lot of the things that i questioned myself a lot was what did i do wrong in this situation what could i have been better at Um, did I not love him as much as I thought I did or did he not love me as much as he said he did and it's like when I tapped into my spirituality I got a lot of fucking answers and some answers you really don't want to know but like others (laughs) really help you build that healthy transition Mm -hmm. into moving on and it's like it wasn't that he didn't love me or it wasn't that I did enough it's just we didn't take the time to love ourselves before we loved each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we were both broken in very different ways. And we tried so hard to fix each other. And at the end of the day, if 
your relationship is based on you fixing someone, then it's not a relationship. It's just a fucking therapy session, baby. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. We went there. Mm. It's just a therapy session. It's not a relationship because that person's not going to choose you every day and you're not going to choose them every day. And a relationship should be about choosing each other every fucking day because you're making that commitment. Mm -hmm. And another thing is a lot of people like to hate their exes, like to um, invoke this, like, oh, they treated me like shit. I'm... And yeah, they could have. They did. They most likely did. But it's like, I don't have that experience because I know that in his own way, he loved me as best as he could. It just wasn't the way that I needed to be loved. It wasn't your love language. Not even it wasn't my love language. It just wasn't the way that I needed to be loved Mm -hmm. because we were looking at different things. He, He had things that... I loved and he had other things that I fucking hated and I'm sure it was the the mutual thing Mm -hmm. and it's like we didn't choose each other every day and eventually like that led to like that eventually it led to we were better friends Mm -hmm. than we were lovers Mm -hmm. because we never took the time to learn each other as friends to become lovers okay and spirituality has learned has literally taught me that you don't have to hate everyone that hurt you but you do have to forget the pain that they cost you and not in a sense of i'm gonna forget that you did all this terrible shit to me it's like no i'm gonna forget that you are not the person that i made you out to be because at the end of the day what hurt me more was the idea was the idealization and the fed and the fetishization that I gave you. Mm-hmm. Like I made you out into this brilliant person. When in reality that you, that you weren't. Yeah. And it's like and when I saw that you weren't that person, I was like, how the fuck could you lie to me and not be this person? But it's like you were never that person. I that's just, just yeah who I wanted you to be. And it's like at the end of the day, when I started when you started me showing who you really were, I realized that's not the person I want. Mm-hmm. That's not the person I love. And I can't be with someone that I don't love. You can't be like a theory of a lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, exactly. Okay. Look at that. Yeah, I feel like um, there's there's just like boundaries and it's like people feel that it's like if you get continuously hurt in a relationship, oh, it's okay, we're trying, we're making it better. Uh, someone who loves you isn't gonna call you a dumbass bitch and <laughs> push you like against the fucking wall or like punch you or like mm-hmm. call you a fucking dumb like no like you know I or I mean you know they're not gonna disrespect you that's exactly what I mean. so it's like I feel like a lot of people settle be for mm-hmm. the ver- and I learned this from you um I talked to you about like a mutual f- or a friend of mine mm-hmm. that I really f- wanted her to like value herself, you know, and mm-hmm. and just find the love that she deserves, you know, cause she's such a good person and we haven't really talked much, but it's like, you know, we like mm-hmm. uh 
text each other that we miss each other every once in a while and um i i told you i was like yeah like i feel really bad because like i mean from what she tells me you know like this happens of course relationships have their ups and downs but it's like um Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's really bad and it you know and you were like well maybe she's just letting the version of the love that she thinks she deserves yeah and i didn't i didn't really ever like think about that like Mm -hmm. i never knew that one settles for the version of love that they think that they deserve and it's like i got that from perks perks being a wallflower by the way really paul rudd yeah (laughs) he said it to the guy because he was like why do we the guy actually goes to his history i think history or english teacher it's always one of those um (laughs) and he tells him because the girl is with just could never exactly we we too woke for that um (laughs) that's why we suffer (laughs) um he was talking to his teacher because he couldn't understand why his friend was with such a shitty ass person and the teacher tells him we accept the love that we think we deserve and honestly that's what spirituality has taught me and that's why i feel like at this moment i am not trying to entertain anyone romantically Mm -hmm. because i know it's not the love that i deserve because i deserve so much Mm -hmm. and i deserve someone who is there 24 7 and it doesn't even have to be like oh I'm there for you 24-7 kind of love. Like, no, it's the... It's the <laughs> Retract it's, what I just said. I don't need a 24-7 love. <laughs> not the version of, like, I'm there 24-7 even if I have to go to work. No, it's the, I'm there 24-7. When I need... When I when, want you to be... Or, like, when I need yeah. you to be there. Yeah. Because you can... The thing that is craziest is I used to feel so alone in my relationship Mm -hmm. and I was so lonely sleeping with someone next to me and it's like now that I'm alone I feel the most whole I've ever felt in my entire life and that's weird isn't it like that that's weird that it's like physically you weren't alone but emotionally you were you felt isolated you felt like but now I'm so emotionally full in myself and in loving Ooh, myself wait, baby. that like i don't feel alone i'm alone but i'm not lonely mm-hmm. and i have so much peace in my mind and in my soul and in my heart i wake up every morning bitch and i am really? excited you wake up every morning shut up shut the fuck up <laughs> i am so excited to live a new day yeah i didn't used to be excited you know me i was always telling you that i wanted to die like and and i used to like oh it's it's, (laughs) a kiki um i don't really know how to explain it to you because it you know it's just one of those things that you have to live through and you have to really like experience it in order Mm -hmm. for you to be like wow like the realization is so fulfilling sometimes like you just and i feel like and I feel like my specific situation of going through a breakup was a lot different than everyone else's because I feel like a lot of people uh, break up with someone, but they're not in love with them anymore, right? But it's like, I was still in love with my ex in a sense that I still loved the person that he was. Mm-hmm. So I had to mourn him as a lover 
and as a fucking friend. And honestly, losing my best friend, no, losing my best friend in that sense is anything that I don't think I would ever want to wish on my evilest friend. Most (laughs) Most evil person in the entire universe because that level of heartbreak is so much worse than the actual relationship and it's like i used to miss him and i was afraid to tell people that i missed him but it wasn't even i missed him in the relationship i just missed talking to him because i was so used to talking to him and i just didn't know how to sit with myself but it's like now i'm sitting with myself and i'm like i am so happy (laughs) (laughs) a bitch is happy like i'll sit by myself and i'm crying and i'm still happy yeah I'm like, how is a bitch happy in sadness? I mean, it happens, and it's I. It's just like you said, it's just all part of the journey and uh, helping yourself, like, explain those feelings and, you know, stuff like that. That's pretty yeah. neat, and I didn't know, like, I would definitely like to go more into depth of, like, um, aura colors and stuff like that. Bitch. I think, I think I'd like to hear you uh, cover that. that that's, like, yes. really interesting. I love covering all these spirituality things. Yeah, and like the spirituality of like children and like elderly people and stuff like that. And bitch, and I I'm think ready. that would be really, really interesting to hear in the future. Yes, and maybe I should become a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Whole life just just moved. No knowledge, just vibes. No knowledge, just vibes. That's actually my new motto in life: no knowledge, just vibes. All right. Um, are we ready? But yes, we're ready for the actual spooky. Well, not. I think this is like a great balance <laughs> because you have like some good, like informational, like happy-ish stuff, and we're just gonna go downhill with me. We're just gonna just go ahead and. Just tells you our mental states and where they are. We're, we're just gonna <laughs> go all the way down, as as deep as the dish gets. And um, I just want to warn everybody that uh, some of the things that I'll be talking about today, or um, covering, are pretty graphic in detail. So mm-hmm. if you are sensitive to those things, um, I suggest to... Um, go ahead and pause now, Meech. Go ahead and stop <laughs> listening uh, now, because uh, I am covering a, a serial killer. So, are we ready? I love this. I love serial killers. Oh my god. Oh my god. Not us you having... were Hannah Montana and I was <laughs> Zoe. No, no. No. Jamie Lynn, I'm so sorry, girl. No, actually... Actually, isn't no, it F- fuck her. her. Yeah, fuck, fuck her. her. Fuck yeah. her. If you're fuck a Jamie you for Montana, what you did yeah. to Britney Spears. Free Britney, bitch. Free Britney. Britney, bitch. We knew Britney exactly. for you. Okay. Bald bitch Britney. Bass <laughs> bitch Britney. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Go. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. You got I'm your ready. drink? You got everything? All right. I do not have a drink, but I, I have right. myself. Okay. I'm going to cross my legs. Hopefully I don't have a leg fall asleep. All right. I thought you said, hopefully I don't fart. And I was going to like, <laughs> mamas. <laughs> We are way past that. You're like, we, we are way past that. It, We're at the relationship where you almost shit with the door open. Like, are, how long have we known each other? Quant was in 2018, wasn't it? I think so. Oh my god, I'm old. 
You did not meet me five years into my relationship. <gasps> Two yeah. years ago. You did. I did. <gasps> oh my god. Anyways, alright, let's go. <laughs> um, serial killer. Alright. So, October 6, 2021. When was that? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> October 6th was yesterday. Yes, it was. Yeah, so it says... Today's my best friend's birthday. Happy birthday, best friend. Happy birthday, best friend. He won't hear this because I haven't told him I have a podcast. I know. Wow. I'm sorry. The first thing I did was tell every acquaintance I I had. Actually, I'm pretty sure he does. I'll tell him that I gave him a little shout out. Reiterate. Be like, hey, you are shouted out on minute 40. You're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. All right. October 6th. October 6, 2021, a group of 40 former law enforcement investigators said that they identified the man they believe is the Zodiac Killer using new physical and forensic evidence and information from eyewitnesses. Bitch. Yeah? Not us finding out who the Zodiac Killer is on On a regular Wednesday in October. It's spooky season? I know. It's only right. It's only right. And I think Only that right. a lot of, like, the people, or I, I got this from, like, um, gosh, and that's why we drink podcast. Um, they, Christine usually goes through, um, the true crime stuff, and M goes through, like, this supernatural and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but, um, the reason I'm telling, like, these stories or going and, like, researching the serial killer stories it's because I want to bring attention to the victims, not the killer. Oh, exactly. So we are not a podcast that idolizes the killer. No, it's fuck, fuck them that. for life. Uh, we are here to bring... Fuck uh, the Zodiac killer. And I'm only saying that because I already know he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the alleged <laughs> Zodiac killer. Uh, but, please um, don't kill me. <laughs> we are... We're more so wanting to bring, like... Um, attention to the victims and their families and let them know that it's like it's not something to be taken lightly and you know Mm -hmm. so yeah let's crack into it let's do it okay crack it like an egg on a pan yes so you know october 6th they um believe that they identified the zodiac killer Mm -hmm. and but as of today the fbi and san francisco pd confirm that the case still remains open so that that can mean many things, but mm-hmm. I feel like that essentially just means like we cannot fully confirm the identity of this man. Bitch. Exactly. And I just and I just said some shady shit. Please. <laughs> Please, Zodiac Killer. Please. I, I take Spare I take me. it back. I, st- I take it back. I'm in a really good spiritual journey. I do not want to be turned into an actual spirit. Please. Like, that is not the, the spirits. So, I'm like, that's not so. the spiritual energy I want. Oh gosh. <laughs> Alright. Continue. He said, I like killing people because it's so much fun. These words were encoded in a message written on a letter that arrived at the San Francisco Examiner in July of 1969. Going back to June 4th, 1963. We're taking it to Santa Barbara County in Southern California. Whoop, whoop. I've personally never been to California, so. Never California I. girls. And girls, 
I didn't know this was a duet. Okay, <laughs> continue. Okay, sorry. Okay, so Robert Domingos and his fiance Linda Edwards, uh, they were mm-hmm. seniors at the Lumpuck, I think that's how you pronounce it, high school in Lumpuck High School. Oh! <laughs> seniors at Lumpuck High School in Santa Barbara County in Southern California. So, Tuesday mm-hmm. in early June 1963, the couple decided to use their senior ditch day to go sunbathing on a beach near Gaviota State Park. Then this is why you shouldn't skip. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 You know, I... Okay, can I tell you something? It's pretty sad. Um, I think it was my junior year of high school. By the way, I hated high school because I was, like, a... Still... I know. Yeah. Okay, anywho. Yeah, I know. I hated high school, and so, um everybody like skipped on senior ditch day and they went to like this lake why is it always a body of water are they trying to die i guess so and so um i found out that the next day that my ex cheated on me that's a really interesting segue into um man ain't shit (laughs) (laughs) anywho Alright, so the teens went um, to sunbathe at the beach near Gaviota State Park. Uh, then the two teens didn't return home. Dun, dun, dun. So by Wednesday, Robert's father went to the beach, you know, just a concerned parent. Uh, but he was horrified to discover their bodies lying together inside the remains of a crumbling shack. The victims were bound with rope, had tried to escape, but were shot and killed with a twenty-two caliber weapon. Bitch. Yeah. Not them getting killed in very kinky ways. <sighs> you know, that, we're just going to ignore that. Alright, so, so uh, Robert was shot 11 times and Linda had been shot 9 times. The killer had then dragged the bodies to the shack where he tried to fit, tried and failed to start a fire. I'm assuming he was. Not 9-11. No, we're not. We're not going into that. With few leads in 1972, the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department announced a possible connection. So, the beach killer used Winchester Western Super X ammunition. I'm not really a gun person, so I had to Google what this looked like. Um, I will be uploading pictures on our Instagram, though. It's A-O-T-A pod. Yeah, that should be it. Yeah, <laughs> a possible connection. So the beach killer used the, you know, the Winchester Western Super X ammunition. Uh, mm-hmm. This same ammunition had been used uh, during the 1968 murders, which I will later get into, on Lake Herman mm-hmm. Road. So the Domingos and Edwards case had also had similarities to another attack of another young couple at the Lake Berissa in 1969. Dun, dun, dun. All right. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. So, now, we're fast-forwarding to October 30th. Ooh, a day Mm -hmm. before my birthday. Hey. 1966. And we are taking it to Riverside, California. So, 18-year-old Sherry Josephine Bates uh, Mm -hmm. lived with her father, Joseph, and was a student at Riverside City College in Riverside, California. Mm Mm-hmm. On October 30th, she left a note that read, Dad went to the RCC library. So the next morning, her Volkswagen Beetle was found abandoned in the library parking lot and her body was lying nearby between two houses. 
No fucking way. Yeah. Oh, that just made me really sad. Dude, like, no one checked the alleyway? Um. They didn't take out their trash the previous night? I. Nasty motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, it was back then, simpler times. Uh, so she had been stabbed several times and her throat was slashed. Oh. Yeah, police found Not a the hash slinging slasher. Apparently. Police found a men's Timex watch at the crime scene. A uh, print mm. from a military boot and some hairs and dried up blood on the victim's arm. Or hand, sorry. Um, her purse was still intact and an autopsy mm-hmm. thankfully revealed that no evidence of sexual assault had been found. Oh, thankfully. Yeah. So it says, one month after the murder... I mean, not that the brutal killing was any better. Like, no. <laughs> definitely but- not. But... It's just yeah. a little... At least he didn't traumatize her before killing her. Just or traumatized after, her. Just, yeah. It's, you know? It's horrible. Like, it, he didn't add to the shitty stuff that Dang. he was doing yeah, to her. Yeah. yeah. So, one month after the murder, the local newspaper and police department received typewritten letters titled, The Confession, from <laughs> someone who came to be the clitter. The killer. <laughs> <laughs> and not the clitter. Not the clitter. Oh, God, I'm scared. Uh, so, they wrote, Miss Bates was stupid. She mm-hmm. went to the slaughter like a lamb. I am not sick. I am insane. In April 1967, the newspaper, the police, and Joseph Bates received virtually identical handwritten letters which read, Bates had to die. There will be more. The notes were signed with a symbol which resembled the letter Z. <sighs> That's fucking scary. And this is why. Just I imagine. Not be working like, at a police station. <laughs> okay. Way, way to just throw me under the bus. Um, it, it's not. Just imagine, like, technology wasn't as advanced back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like things like this were easier to get by with. Like. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and and so you know, I, I can only imagine like the helplessness that victims' they families felt, yeah. felt, you know, and and I, I feel very bad about that. So in 1969, uh, Sherwood Morrill, the document examiner for the California Department of Justice, concluded okay. that the Zodiac was responsible for notes linked to the Bates case. They called it the Riverside Connection, was later revealed to the public by Paul Avery, reporter of the San Francisco Chronicle. So the Zodiac wrote to the Chronicle, I do have to give them credit for stumbling across my Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. (gasps) Yeah. Fucking psychopath. This reminded me of um, someone I'm going to cover later, Israel Keys. Mm-hmm. Remember the one that I told you that they caught in Lufkin? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. And he only wanted to get caught? Yeah, I, well, not wanted, but like he only got caught because he told them he committed the crime or else they would have never... Bitch. ...found them, like, you know, for other crimes. And that's just completely insane to me. So, after some time, the Riverside Police rejected the Zodiac Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they basically were saying, oh, hey... Um, Sherry's death doesn't have to do anything with the Zodiac. Uh, we think that a jilted former lover of hers may have done the killing. 
But in the late 90s, police obtained a sample of the suspect's DNA to compare the DNA with the taken hairs because you know how they found the like hairs with like dry yeah. blood on her hand. Yeah. Um, they compared them and they did not match to the suspect. So you Bitch. know, um, her jilt or that jilted lover was off the hook, and the suspect denied any involvement in the murder. But I think that definitely like when there's like a gruesome murder like that, um, mm-hmm. if if it is like a couple. Uh, they always say the husband did it <laughs> and and mainly because like there's just some some um there's just like a I think it's called a psychological theory of a like of a family is it like a family slasher that they call it or something like that annihilator family annihilator and it has to do with like things that a father figure or a husband figure in the relationship goes through to where he feels that it's like I don't have a need for my family anymore therefore mm-hmm. I'm going to X them out of the equation so I, that's that's another theory I would like to cover later but anywho back to this mm-hmm. so uh, in December 20 of 1969 we are in Benicia California uh, high, sco- high schoolers Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday set out on their first official date together do you remember yeah, your first date? Uh, yes, I do. What was your first date? Um, oh, are you, like, talking about the first date with my ex? Or, like, my very ever just, first just date? Just your very first date. Um, I'm not going to say his name because he turned out to be an asshole. But <laughs> it, was in, it was in middle school, and it was my first official date that, like, anyone had ever asked me out on. Uh, he took me to the movie theater, but I was, you know... Mexican, so my parents were like, "You can't go with the man by yourself take to your a sister. movie theater." No, not take your sister. Take your fucking best friend, who's oh. also your neighbor, oh, and a guy. Um, it was not a good first date. Let's just say that. Um, the guy, but the guy took me to go see um, High School Musical too. I think. High School Musical. Where's the is it is it two or three the one where they go into that that like that little junkyard and I stay you know I just want to asking and, the wrong person I okay anyways I, I think seen Camp Rock so. I, I, oh, bitch it was it was two <laughs> oh god no I'm getting ugh. It was two or three, right? And he went to go get popcorn, and um, my best friend was like, we should hide from him. And I was like, a pendeja. So I said, yeah, let's do it. And I didn't think this man was going to think anything of it. But this man thought I was cheating on him. And I literally just moved two rows down, and me and my best friend were giggling. He ended up being gay anyways, so. Aww. Not that that's relevant, but like. his stepping stone, I guess, or. Oh, no, I'm not talking about my my boyfriend. I'm talking about my best friend. My best friend ended up being gay. Oh, I thought it was... I'm so sorry. But but he thought my best friend was in love with me. And Aww. my best friend was in love with me, but not like that. Not in a romantic way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, he yelled at my face. He told him he couldn't, be- he couldn't believe that I had made him spend that much money. And then... Oh, um, my God. He stormed out very, uh, not Camp Rock, out of the, (laughs) (laughs) out of the movie theater, and me and my best, me and my best friend called his mom, his mom picked us up, and we tried out various beds at Macy's. That's not very swag of him. 
was not very swag. He was also the motherfucker who literally had, who was two-timing me. He was a cheater. In this segment, we talk about serial cheaters. Anywho. <laughs> and this is why I'm an ancient. Oh, God. Here we go. She breaks this up with one guy, and now many shit. Anywho, uh, let's continue. This is why I'm a lesbian. <laughs> no, she's not. Anywho, I'm not. Shortly but. after the time, uh, passing motorists saw the Rambler. Uh, so the Rambler is a car. I, I was like, who, who's the Rambler? Or, you know, because they just capitalized it. I'm like, okay. The Rambler. The Rambler. <laughs> so they saw, like, the... The, uh, the vehicle that uh, Betty Lou Jensen and David were, da- David Faraday, sorry, were in. Mm-hmm. And uh, its occupants parked at the Lover's Lane spot along Lake Herman Road in Benicia, California. Uh, moments oh, later, geez. another driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be like anything, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be. It dirty. was the 60s, bitch. It was the 60s. Everyone was either no. Everyone was either coked out or having sex in the back seat the of the car. You said sixty nine. It's literally almost <laughs> seventy. Well, true, I guess. Okay. It's literally almost the seventies. Okay. Well, it's sixty nine, so it's not the seventies. Bitch. Like so close to the seventies. It's literally all. But is it the seventies though? No, it's nineteen sixty nine. I'm gonna hang up this call. Okay. Uh, the first entire part will be redacted. No, <laughs> This will be a solo podcast now. <laughs> I am my own podcast. I am the podcast. Alright, so, um, so basically they were, uh, the vehicle was found with, like, the, the couple at a lover's sling spot in Lake Herman Road in Benicia, California. Uh, mm-hmm. but moments later, another driver noticed two seemingly lifeless bodies on the side of the road. Uh, Benicia police and others responded to the scene and discovered that Betty Lou was dead uh, with five bullet wounds in her back. David was found next to the Rambler, which is the car, (laughs) uh, with a bullet (laughs) headed uh, wound in his head, but he was still breathing, but (gasps) was near death. Oh. Yeah, so it says that the bullet holes in the car's roof and uh, back window indicated that the killer may have fired warning shots to force the victims out of the vehicle. Uh, shell casings recovered from the crime scene identified ammunition as the same as the first crime which was the Winchester Western Super X copper coated ballistic evidence uh, indicated that the killer used a .22 caliber possible Mm -hmm. a JC Higgins model 80 I will try to post pictures of all of these because like I said I'm not a gun person so I didn't really know like what they were describing until Mm -hmm. I googled it uh, so it says investigators believe the two teens were likely random targets killed by a stranger for unknown reasons. So this mm-hmm. is before they coined his name um, or the killer's name. So at this point for this killing, they were still thinking, okay, these are random shootings. We don't know who's doing them. Maybe it's just someone pissed off that they're making out. Who knows? You know, an uber Christian person. I don't know. <laughs> So, on the 4th of July... was the 60s. <laughs> it was the 60s. Satanic panic, everybody. Wait, was that when the satanic panic happened? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to go ahead and go along with you and say, yeah. Oh, no. Satanic? I'm pretty sure it is. Which one would make sense? It was literally the 60s. Was it? 
the devil was out here spreading its butt cheeks for everyone. Oh, I, I think it was the 80s. <laughs> well, the devil was preparing. Okay, well, the devil was preparing, you know. Anywho. Uh, so it was July 4th in 1969, and we are now in Vallejo, California. A 22-year-old Darlene Farron was a wife, mother, and a popular waitress at a Vallejo restaurant. On the night of July 4th, she picked up friend Michael Mango and stopped her Corvair in the parking lot of Blue Rock, Blue Rock Springs Park. Uh, Michael later told the police that another vehicle pulled into the lot around midnight, then left only to return minutes later. The driver got out of the car, shined a bright light, and fired into the Corvair with a 9mm handgun. Michael was shot on the jaw, shoulder, and leg, and Darling was hit several times. Around uh, 1240, in a, li- in a call later traced to a gas station payphone, and I will post pictures of the payphone and everything. Ooh, not man- the payphone. Not the payphone. A man rang the radio for police. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> a man rang the Vallejo Police Department and claimed responsibility for the shooting as well as the murders on Lake Herman Road. So mm. this man's this random ass person just called the police department and was like, Hey, you know that killing that just happened? That was on me. Also, I killed the lovers at Lake Herman Road. No fucking way. Yeah. So uh That's crazy. Yeah, so it's like imagine just being ballsy, just fucking calling the police and being like, hey, I know you, but you don't know me. So... Bitch. Yeah, so it's like, according to a police dispatcher, uh, the caller spoke in a low, monotone voice, and it said, I want to report a murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find keys in a brown car. kids in a brown car. They were shot with a 9mm luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Bitch. Yeah. Im- it just imagine being teased like that, like as a... Just not even the fact that you're dispatched, just as a person, as a regular human being, receiving that information, I would have been like, why the fuck when I'm on the clock? <laughs> <laughs> like, you couldn't clear in five minutes and I was off the clock. I was off by one. Y'all could have called 20 minutes from... Like, it... Imagine that... Not on my lunch break. (laughs) I'm off the clock. (laughs) Just imagine the chills as a regular person that you would just get. Like, I wouldn't know how to process this information. I mean, of course I would tell, you know, my superior... I'd be like, sir, this is a Wendy's drive-thru? Sir, this is a Wendy's. (laughs) He's like, oh shit, wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking way. Trying to get in oh, contact with the gosh, police and getting the wrong gosh, number. Oh no! Wait, how did we find out what their number was? Hmm? I mean, it's it's the police. He just called the dispatch. Just do do do. No, no, I know, but I'm not taking that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Darlene died on arrival at the hospital, but thankfully uh, Michael survived. So okay, yeah. okay, we're getting somewhere. Somewhere. So someone survived. Were unable to identify any viable suspects so by this it's already i think he had already or the killer had already gotten had three people dead and one survivor but four um four victims total so 
just I I don't even know where to start with that. So um, you're my four victims, bro. You're a victim. It, exactly. Just I at what point do you begin to like just collect the puzzle pieces and be like, hey, like they're all connected. Like I can't really, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know how I would process that information as a dispatch, just as a regular person. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm already freaking out, and I'm just a regular person just reading this, you know, but... Anywho's. That's because you, you don't you don't know how you would process it, because you've never been put in that position. But it's like, you yourself would never want to be in that position either way. True. Like, hell no. Nah. Someone told me I just killed someone on the way up the phone. <laughs> You are not about to make me an accessory to order. You're I'm like, sorry. Hey, hold on. And then <laughs> you just fucking hang up. You're like, hey, can you go back in like 10 minutes? All right. I'm actually about to clock out. <laughs> You're like, actually, I'm about to clock out. So can you call, just call back in 10 minutes? My supervisor will be here by then. <laughs> so, he can um, take you. <laughs> they'll take good care of you. So uh, in on July 30th, July 31st, sorry. 1969, the, uh, the Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Examiner, and the San Francisco Chronicle received letters. Uh, they were postmarked on this day. So for the Vallejo Times Herald, um, the letter was postmarked on July 31st, 1969, and the writer, the writer claimed responsibility for the two shootings and provided details about the victims, the weapons, and the number of shots fired, and the brand of ammunition. Bitch. Yeah, so a lot of the times, as a an investigator, as a detective, you know, um, you try to release as uh, as little information to the public as possible because there are certain aspects of the crime that you want to rename, remain anonymous for whenever you do bring in potential suspects, they could potentially give themselves away with that specific evidence, you know evidence that the killer would specifically have but not that the audience would have you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like let's say like someone was killed inshallah not but like or you know but someone was killed yesterday and the victim had like red shoes and the killer only knew that and i as a reporter or i as a detective never released that information to the public and we have a potential <laughs> suspect and they're like Oh, yeah, like, they got blood all over their red shoes, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, how do you know they had red shoes? Mm hmm So that places them at the crime scene. So they, that, you know, they, they use that as potential things to get the, the killer, or, like, the, the suspect. So now I'm going to try to read the letter. Uh, he, they had kind of bad handwriting. Uh, so it says... I am the killer of the two teens, oh gosh, last Christmas at Lake and said, Lake something. Oof, I'm struggling with this. <laughs> it, like, I'm going to upload the letters, but it says at Lake Herman and the girl lost and the girl last 4th of July. To prove this, I shall state 
Not him being illiterate. Yeah, literally. Which only... <laughs> you know what this reminded me of? <laughs> when they do popcorn reading and someone chooses you on purpose because you keep fucking reading. <laughs> and I... I Alright, have you, no, have you ever, 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 right now, it literally how it feels. Like, I already struggle. So it says, uh, to prove this, I shall state some facts which only I and the police know. Christmas. Christmas. Brand name of the ammo. Yeah. So he stated the ammo name, so he says, brand name of the ammo is Super X. Um... Two, ten shots were fired. Three, boy was on backseat of the car. Four, girl was laying on the right side, feet to west. Fourth of July, one girl was wearing patterned pants. Two, boy was also shot on knee. Three, a brand name of ammo was Western. Here's a cipher. And then, you know, he goes on and gives one of his famous ciphers. Um, so that was a letter from the the Vallejo that the Vallejo Times Herald received on July thirty first, nineteen sixty nine. So, um, like I stated previously, the San Francisco Examiner also received a letter. So they mm-hmm. received one of the three virtual virtually identical letters. Uh, with a one-third of a cipher. The writer demanded publication of the letters and ciphers by Friday, August 1st, 1969. So, this letter read... This one seems a little bit easier. Let's see if I can get it bigger. So it says, Dear Editor, <laughs> This is the murder of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Kermit and the girl on the 4th of July near the golf course in Vallejo. To prove I killed them, I shall state some facts, which I, only I and the police know. Christmas. 1. Brand name of the ammo, Super X. 2. 10 shots fired. 3. The boy was on his back, with his feet to the car. 4. The girl was on her right side, feet to the west. 4th of July. (sighs) One girl was wearing patterned slacks. 2. The boy was also shot in the knee. 3. Brand name of the ammo was Western. And then he writes, over. And then he says... Here is part of the cipher. The other two parts of the cipher are being mailed to the editors of the Vallejo Times and the SF Examiner. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. And this cipher is my identity. If you do not print the cipher by the afternoon of Fry, 1st of August 69, I will go on a kill rampage. Fry night. I will... I will blank around... Oh. I will cruise around all weekend, killing people in the night, then have on to have on till blank again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. I I quite enjoy watching you struggle. (laughs) When you see these letters you're gonna understand why I'm struggling. I've um I've read some psychopathic handwritings. My coworker to be one of them. Oh my god. Well yeah, so that's uh one of three letters that was mailed. So now I'm gonna read the San Francisco Chronicle letter. So um in this letter the writer threatened to kill again if newspapers did not publish the cipher. 
just like the other one. And it included the words, I like killing people because it is so much fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine. <laughs> okay, so. But tell me you're psychotic without telling me you're psychotic. You know? Yes. Okay, so this one I can read a lot better. So it says, here's a cipher. On that is part of one. The other two parts are being wrote to the Vallejo Times and SF Chronicle. I want you to print this cipher on the front page by Friday afternoon, August 1 of 69. If you do not print the cipher, I will go on a kill rampage Friday night. This will last the whole week. Friday night. Friday night. Cruising, killing people who are alone at night until sun night. Or until I kill a dozen people. And this famous signal, and then the cipher. (laughs) (laughs) What if it's a burger night? Hmm? Well, no. No. It, it, apparently it's Friday night, so Friday night again. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, I think this is going to be like a two or three parter. So um, I mainly wanted to start with like a timeline today because I wanted to kind of like get everything like outlined. So mm-hmm. on August, to end today's episode, uh, on August 1969, the San Francisco Examiner letter. Uh, sent in response to police asking for information to prove that the writer committed the murders. This was <gasps> the first of the use of the name, the Zodiac. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Yo, sir. But can we know what his Zodiac was? Was it a Pisces? I'm just kidding. Well, the thing is, is like, since they haven't really, like, you know, I guess, like, not identified but like confirmed the identity they can't really say oh he was born on this day you know and stuff like that sounds a little sus (laughs) so i'm gonna try to read this one (laughs) y'all are gonna hear me struggle again so it says dear editor this is the zodiac speaking in answer to you asking for more details about the good times i have had in viejo i shall be very happy to supply even more material by the way are the police having a good time with the code if not Tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. On July four, on the 4th of July, I did not open the car door. The window was rolled down already. The boy was originally sitting in the front seat when I began firing. When I fired the first shot at the head, he leaped backwards at the same time, thus spoiling my aim. He ended up on the back seat, then the floor, in back, thrashing very violently with his legs. So then he said, uh, that's when I shot him in the knee. I did leave the, oof, he said something, off the killing with squealing tires and racing engine as described in the Vallejo paper. I drove away quite slowly so as not to know, draw attention to my car. The man who told the police that my car was brown, Okay, I'm not going to say that word because that is racially inclined. Um, mm. Was a black person about 40 to 45, rather shabbily dressed. I was at this phone booth, 
having some fun with the Vallejo cops when he was walking by. When I hung the phone up, the thing began to ring and they drew his attention to me in my car. Mm-hmm. Last Christmas, in that episode, the police were wondering as to how I could shoot and hit my victims in the dark. They did not openly state this, but I but implied this by saying it was well lit at night and I could see the silhouettes on the horizon on the horizon mm. bullshit oh okay the area surrounded by high hills and trees what I did was tape a small pencil f- flashlight to the end of the barrel of my gun <gasps> if you damn if you notice in the center of the beam of the light if you aim at the wall and the ceiling you will see a black or dark spot in the center of the circle of the light gosh three to six inches across. When taped to the gun barrel, the bullet will strike exactly in the center of the black dot in the light. All I had to do was spray, then as if it was a water hose. Okay. I'm going to stop reading because it is very hard for me to read, but then it's no address. But yeah, that is uh, that con- or that wraps up the the part one part one for the zodiac killer that is so fucking crazy like that gave me he really out here murdering all no dude he really out here murdering all these people he should have put that time and effort into grabbing a dictionary and learning how to fucking read Mm. it is the 60s (laughs) (laughs) that is my excuse and we're for the rest for the rest of our lives yeah it was the 60s you know, I love it. I love it. You went to work rather than school. And True. And school was rather like a classist movement rather than like a. Hmm. I don't know. My head hurts from reading all this, but I. I hope that for next episode, like, um, one, I'm more prepared. <laughs> And two, um, I might make it make it just like a three-parter, just so I can kind of like go into more detail of like some of like the victims and stuff like that. Because like I said, I want recognition for them, not the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you guys like like true crime movies or anything, but like the Zodiac movie was pretty good. Um, I think. Let me see what podcast I was listening to. Mm-hmm it's called um serial killers and it's from the uh podcast network and just their um their episode on the zodiac yeah they were pretty informative too and they helped me a lot i got most of my sources from uh or most of my story from uh history.com and just because they were able to provide me with such like a clear and concise timeline and they provided me with like the letters and everything like that. But yeah, so next episode I'm gonna continue to go over like more of like the victims and I love it. Yeah, and like more about like the story. And then hopefully for part three, I'll do more victim details and then I if I can find it, how they came about 
finding who they think it is or who they suspect. Did you did you ever give us a name of who it is or are you going to give us the name until like the very end? Maybe the end. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I say that because um, I was going to drop his name or the name that they think that it is. Mm-hmm. But you want to have a little bit more concrete evidence? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, not so much that, but just finding out that the FBI and the SFPD haven't confirmed the case to be closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I checked and the case is still open. So that means it's not solved. And they're not talking about it. They're being very hush-hush about it. So either... The evidence is not fully there or they've got something up their sleeves or everything's just up in the air right now so yeah yeah i just really wanted to cover it because i thought it was pretty interesting i love it i love anything that makes you happy oh thank you oh we love yourself then (laughs) boom kiss me Doja said, drop that song. Yeah. Kiss me. Yeah, bitch. Kiss me. I'm scared. Alright. <laughs> With this, we're going to end this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another week. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday night, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah. We'll be a little crackheads, you know? We, we're just a little, you know, procrastinators. So it's okay. We work better under frustration and stress. Do we? Do we? N- no. No, we don't. But, but it's I, okay. But I, like, I like to say we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.